One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure itself, life. <laughs> I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I like to like, <laughs> laugh at life, too. I'm Ken Napsok, happy to be with you. We, you should point out, Jennifer Landa, because of the holiday recording schedule, you know, uh, that can sometimes get in the way of life. She can't join us today, but we'll be back next week. That is right. I wish Jennifer was here because we're going to have a fun uh, Other Center episode. <laughs> this is going to be uh, questions all about music. This is basically going to be Music Center, this particular episode. Uh, we've recently put a call out for questions on our Patreon as we are continuing to find our, our foot, our foots, find our little feet uh, <laughs> after the strike. 
heading into this new year. Uh, we've got some great questions about Star Wars, about other pop culture, and uh, some just questions about life, music, books, all that. So we're going to have some uh, cues episodes that are a mix of all those things all at once. We are uh, recording this uh, just a couple days after the Christmas holidays. Uh, I am still bleary-eyed and exhausted from my holiday travels, uh, but we're planning to release this episode after the new year. So, Ken, by the time this comes out, who knows who will be as people? New Year's <laughs> might change us. It's <laughs> like Y2K. We're all huddled around the TV. Is this it? Is this it? Is this the end? Is it all new? Is it all different? You know, is it, are, are we both going to come black and be like, we don't wear black anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a 2024 thing. We don't do that. We don't do that anymore. Uh, but uh, happy new year to all those who celebrate and mark the new year. We are happy to be here in the future recording from the past. We want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles, and I assume growing, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Crimson Climb by E.K. Johnston. Uh, we are both big fans of Kira. We've enjoyed novels by E.K. Johnston, so we are excited to read this one. We're partially recommending it to ourselves i need to remember to pick this one up before ken and i so we can uh, check it out to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash force center again that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook uh we are also continuing to make our ask and maybe ken we'll have reached our ask by now uh you want to go for it yeah the ask on paper is can you help us reach 7,500 subscribers on youtube but the reality is we're getting very close to that and we might have uh shot past it but it doesn't change the goals we'd like you to consider checking out our youtube page yes we're doing a video content over there meaning you can see our faces while we're recording this podcast we understand podcast is still the uh number one spot for most of you and we enjoy that trust us but other content is coming uh and yes i use that content word i'm not offended by it as much as other folks i think there's some ramifications of the word on a big level but it, it, you, you get what we're doing and we got some stuff we're putting together we got more live streams our january live stream will happen and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so am i selling it enough yes i hope so get over there subscribe like hit the notification bell do all those things uh, I love that. Yes. And our goal is uh, 7,500 as we record. We're only about 20 away from that. So if yep. you get there to subscribe and we're at 7,500, you don't have to be like, oh, that's great. They reached their goal. We're, <laughs> we welcome more. We'll have more goals. Mm -hmm. We want to go higher. Yeah. Uh, so please join us there. And maybe uh, when we reach the actual new year for our, our actual human selves rather than this future broadcast, maybe one of our resolutions can be to come up with a different word than content mm. because I try yep. to say storytelling when it's anything fictional. Yeah. Documentaries are even a form of storytelling. Yeah. I understand content is just this uh, good umbrella term, but yep. what's the right umbrella term for what we do? It's podcasts, but we're also on YouTube. It's yep. a show. <laughs> yeah. It's a broadcast. Uh, our, it's a, yeah. Our, it's a broadcast. It's a our talkies. We're going to be putting out more talkies. I, yeah, I, and I think look, I I I think the content word does it's it's not my favorite, and there's some definite negative connotations. But you're right. I think it's one of those words that started in a normal or this is what it meant space, and then it just got taken over to where the the, the original meaning or the original tense long gone. You know that happens in our lives and our worlds. Uh, and, and, and but I'm with you. So we have to come up with another word. We'll come up. Yeah. With it. 
Yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's just, it, it does bug me because it, it, it ties to the, uh, the, just the fire hose of like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yes. Just, yes. just spray content at yeah. people so we can attach ads to it and subscriptions yeah. and, and all that. And yeah. I mean, for me, I, what it, it, you know, I think of a sandwich and you're like, if you went to a restaurant and been like, what do you want in your sandwich? Uh, content. Mm-hmm. No, let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's be a little bit more specific. Yeah. About yeah. a, a d- delicious meat, a Dijon mustard. I would like that. I don't yeah. want a content sandwich. You know, it's, <laughs> this is a fun discussion to start another center episode. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm less offended by the word content. But if you call yourself a content creator in front of me, I'm like the bleep you are. Like I, I get really up. The content creator is the one that upsets me more than content. I don't know why. I'm here just uh, with my big bowl, mixing up some content. I'm gonna slather it all over the internet. It'll be great. Well. Welcome to Content Center, mm-hmm. uh, where today what we're going to do is take two questions from our patrons on Patreon. Uh, this, uh, these are both. It worked out great. We, we were the, yeah. these were the last uh, couple questions to grab before we uh, remixed things, uh, and they were both about music, which I think we've really been enjoying over all of the other Center adventures. So this first one comes to us from Anthony King. Anthony says, in continuing some of the music conversations recently, I wanted to hear your thoughts on farewell tours (laughs) are they just cash grabs at this point does an artist reserve the right to do a comeback whenever they want i saw that kiss just finished their final show on their farewell tour and i have a hard time thinking this is really it for them (laughs) motley Crue also famously signed legal paperwork to never tour again only to eventually tour again Mm -hmm. has the integrity of these tours been ruined uh, I would love to hear what you all have to say on this matter. Uh, Ken, where where do you begin with this? Are you a fan of farewell tours? Do they work on you as a form of advertising? I think so, because in the summer of 1996 or spring of 1996, I saw Kiss in their uh, farewell tour. <laughs> Are you serious? I did. That was the Kiss show I saw. Shout out to our buddy Billy Patterson, who actually sent me a video copy of that. I, I get to, got to relive the show. Poe opened up for them. And uh, yeah, Irvine Amphitheater, I dressed as Peter Chris, uh, And that was the final time. This was the final tour to see them. Not so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on the final thing here. This is, and By the way, we're always bummed when uh, Jennifer can't join us, but this this is kind of a music-themed episode, and the fact that I was not going to hear <laughs> Jen talking about Grateful Dead uh, is, is upsetting <laughs> me. I'll start here on the final wow. thing. Wow. Yeah, right? I'll no, start, I really agree. I, on the final thing, like, I get it. It's definitely a marketing you know, marketing approach. Um, I sometimes believe it, you know, Elton John's final farewell performances, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes there's health behind it. You know, fortunately, Neil Diamond had to shut it uh, down due to health reasons, and and there's some of those things. Uh, Other ones, yeah, I don't believe it as much. Um, You know, I I, I think death will be the end for some of these bands, and I'm okay with it. As someone who has said no no less than three times, maybe around four, that was my final stand-up comedy performance – um, and it's still going and hopefully stronger. Like maybe you just don't say that. Maybe you just address what's going on in your, in, in your life or your head or your heart or your soul or in your business. Cause some of the final farewell tours might have to do with the business side of it and just always leave the door open, always leave change as, as this X factor, 
or the need of money, which is sometimes if you're in the pro wrestling world, why you come back after your final match. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at you, Ric Flair. But, uh, you know, I think that's where I start with the final conversation. Maybe just that's the word we should change. Not content. Well, content, but also final. Uh, I love the idea of doing a super honest, this could be it tour. Like, uh, maybe Gun- Guns N' Roses has basically been touring with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what seems like a brief break for the, the, uh, lockdown portion of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they started strong in like 2016 with the not in this lifetime tour, which I thought was such a great way yep. to be like, we we were honest. Uh, we mm-hmm. didn't both Axel and Slash had said never, ever again. will we play together with Duff being like, come on guys, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years, it happened. Everything's going great. I've seen them three times. Um, but I love the Not in This Lifetime tour and I name, and I feel like it would be great. If I were, you know, an 80-year-old in a storied rock band, I would love to do a, this could be it tour. You don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm 80. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, take mm-hmm. it upon yourself about whether or not this is your last opportunity to see me. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like in spirit, Anthony is talking about uh, about uh, maybe slightly younger artists. Yeah. Um, Anthony uses the term uh, uh, cash grab, which I have no problem with the way Anthony is using it in, in this context. I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's one of those terms that gets thrown around and maybe much like content, it evolves <laughs> and it changes, right? Is yeah. this content just a cash grab? <laughs> um, I feel the huge corporations <laughs> who make art and entertainment and also, hey, uh, your, you know, uh, sister-in-law who makes cool necklaces on, ec- on Etsy. That's a cash grab, too, to pay her rent. Um, I feel like th- often with art, you know, unless you have some time-traveling rich Edwardian, you know, Dame Julie who is just paying for you as your patron, uh, everything's, uh, everybody is trying to make money for their art to try to survive. Entertainment is trying to make it uh, uh, continue. Um, make money for the, the all of the board and all that, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think the way Anthony uses it is in this context is to me closer to its original intent of is it is what is being presented artistically to make money authentic? Because yeah. for me, when I first started hearing the cash grab, it was nobody really wants to do this. Nobody really believes in it. Mm-hmm. It's just a quick way to get money um i think some i think maybe that term i don't know the history of that term but i think i first started hearing it as a young person uh when the 80s really blew up in terms of sequels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there wasn't a sense of like do we have more nightmare on elm street story to tell it was (laughs) we're you can't stop us. We're going to make another Friday the thirteenth, and and much like a farewell tour, we're going to announce one as a final, and then it, and then we're going to make a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that sort of like who cares about the the actual art? Mm-hmm. Just make another one. Cash grab. Yeah, yeah. And the, the reason I'm going on and on about this is because I think that is the essential difference to me on a final tour, a farewell tour. Of I don't mind. If the artists, if it's authentic, if the artists truly believe Mm -hmm. it is their final tour Mm -hmm. and when you're buying a ticket, they mean it in their heart of hearts, but then something happens to change their mind or circumstances or health. Ken, I'm sure you didn't bill your stand up as come see me because this is the last time. Mm -hmm. 
But when you announced it to yourself or to friends, or I don't know if you announced it to audiences in, in all of your various final stand-up sets, mm-hmm. you meant it then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I You did, believed it. I believe, how about that? I believed it. My soul didn't mean it. Uh, there was bigger issues and other things. And other times, yeah, you can just walk away. I know, I know many a friend who's walked away from stand-up and they meant it because uh, it's not where our hearts are, you know? And I've, I've done mm-hmm. it too. I've, I've, I've left other arenas or other things. Like I sometimes have like a three-year window where my interests start kind of waning. Force Center is this absolute miracle driven by my connection to you and Jen in Star Wars, right? Um, there's a lot of times where I'm after about three years. I always, I always want to be on Saturday Night Live, but I was like, I'm not going to be, I'm not Keenan Thompson going for 20 seasons. I'm a three and out guy. <laughs> like I'm just, <laughs> um, so yeah, but I, I think you're right. There's this, the, the integrity behind it, the meaning behind it. But, but when I talk about things change, like, you know, we're in this, it's not just about what changes with you. I think we're in a different era. I, I, going back to Kiss, you know, they had the the, the big uh, reunion once, uh, you know, they put put the makeup back on. But that was kind of spurred on by the MTV Unplugged performances, one of the great un- unplugged performances in, in MTV Unplugged history. There's a, such a thing. And and that, I, I don't know how have the exact ages, but I think roughly I am now five to six years older than they were in that special. But it was mm. viewed as, look at these old guys coming together to rock again. Like Ace Frehley was like 43. <laughs> like, like, and, and that's just the way things were looked at where, yep. you know, uh, you know that, it's interesting to do the whole like, well, Harrison Ford is as old as Sean Connery was. Now he's 20 years past. We'd look at things different now. Things change. So maybe at one point you went, I, I guess I have to shut it down. Maybe I want to. And then you look around, you're like, Mick's still going? Enough to that. I'm rocking out. And I think that can be part of why the word final doesn't mean as much as it does back in the day. I, I think there was a, I was having some conversations with family over the holidays about this. Uh, rock and roll starts is such a youthful like yeah. music, like classical yeah. music, people kept doing, you know, old, old blues singers, old country singers, mm-hmm. haunting bars, you know, mm-hmm. far beyond their healthy years was was well known. And then rock starts and it's this extremely vital young person music. Uh, yeah. Um, even swing, you know, in big band and in, in the, the Tin Pan Alley classics, people kept doing them into their older age at the time. Yeah. Um, but rock felt like, you, you got to be done doing that by when you're 30, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of all just watched as, like, I remember uh, Rolling Stones putting out their new album in 1989, Steel Wheels, Steel Wheels yeah. and being like, I, I got to get this because <laughs> those guys were around when my, when yeah. my dad was young. And he yeah. had me when I was, he had me when he was 22. So the Rolling Stones <laughs> are, oh, they're got, they got to be on death's door. And like, now, like, 89, 1989. And they got it. They're announcing a tour next year that I might go to. Cause for me, it's like, they don't have to say final tour. Everybody's expected Keith Richards to have been dead eight times over by now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and rest in peace, Charlie Watts. But I I saw them almost two years ago now, almost two years ago. Now I saw them and they were amazing. It's so if I stadium, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Uh, and, and, Mm. and, um, you're so right. It, it, it's the perception. I mean, there's a great joke in, in Almost Famous. And I think it's Jimmy Fallon of all people delivering it, but it's a great joke of just like, come on, you got, I'm your new business manager. I got to get you. You think the Rolling Stones are going to be doing this at 50? We all can laugh at the joke, but that, also, that was true then. That was mm-hmm. true. Pete Townsend and, and Roger Daltrey are singing about, you know, my generation. They didn't, they, they thought that was it. You know, they were the youth, <laughs> they're the ones in charge. 
Now they're yeah. the boomers. And, and, and that's, so, yeah, keep rocking. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, a big element of this is nobody knew that, that rock artists in particular were just going to keep going. Yeah. Rocking, rocking to the grave. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, what is happening. So, yeah, I think your, your kiss example of, well, some people expected this was time and it wasn't led, mm-hmm. led to this. Um, yeah. Now, I think now, now, so yeah, I will, look, I, you know, Gene and Paul do enjoy grabbing money <laughs> and, and that you have the, the avatars that have, they've, they announced now that now there's going to be like holograms of them performing. I've, I've been to the Rio in Vegas and played kiss mini golf. Like they love grabbing money, but in terms of this idea, the final, it, it's the final when it's the final. I, I feel comfortable using the term cash grab uh, when when you lay it out that way. When mm-hmm. we got holograms and mini golf, yeah, I I think it's okay to use. I'll allow yeah. myself the term cash grab <laughs> in that in that circumstance. Yeah. One of my favorite retirement stories ever is uh, is Sinatra. Um, mm. Huge Sinatra fan. He you know he he survived for eras. He changed the face of music and I think entertainment culture. I won't go on about it. Um, but he, he he super popular in the in the forties and and then had a big dip of popularity where everybody thought he was done. He came back and redefined uh, music, popular music. Uh, helped to define what an album is by by coming up with really the idea of it shouldn't just be a collection of singles. It should be mm. all around a theme. And a story, and I'm going to have my sad albums. I'm going to have my swinging albums. I'm going to have my travel around the world album themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, then he starts his own record company because he doesn't like being pushed around, and and that's going great. And then he rides out Elvis because that's close enough to his music. Right. He's still got a swing beat. Uh, he right. you know, has Elvis on his TV show to welcome him back from the military, and uh, and and then the Beatles hit. And that, and it is like a meteor event for the artists of that era of, of they have a hard time. Almost all of those artists managed to take something from the Beatles and turn it into a more of a Tin Pan Alley uh, saloon song. Yes. But the, the, the mid to late sixties suddenly become hard for all of the popular singers of that ilk mm-hmm. and Sinatra kind of keeps going until about 68 and then just decides the year 1968 mm-hmm. and then just decides, uh, I, I gotta be done. I'm right and he that. does one final show. He does uh, this, uh, saloon song that he'd been doing forever. This, uh, a sad sack in a bar monologue, uh, called angel eyes about a woman had it, that's left him and it. And it ends with the lyric, excuse me while I disappear. <laughs> And he sings the the final excuse me while I disappear, you know, holds it in this little trembling note and the spotlight goes out and MF is just gone from the stage. No bows. <laughs> like the most beautiful, artful, like if you could choose how you die, that's, that's how you I would it. sing Angel Eyes while the spotlight goes out and it just, he's gone. He's gone, right? Mm-hmm. And a beautiful, you, you couldn't end a career or a life more perfectly than that. Mm-hmm. And then he just gets restless of just like, I've never known anything but being a performer. I can't, I, 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 I can't. And, it, and he performs up until his, up until he really physically can't. By the end there, he was, you know, mm-hmm. reading mm-hmm. off a teleprompter, maybe not making all of his decisions for himself, mm-hmm. you know, not, not great stuff. But yeah, I, that is a long story uh, because I love Frank Sinatra, but the, Point being, I think there are people who who try to retire and discover I am a performer 
and and I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Same way sometimes people, like if they lose a spouse mm-hmm. and they're in good health, that somehow mysteriously just, they go downhill a month mm-hmm. after their spouse is gone because uh, some people are married mm-hmm. to performing, to entertaining of, I tried to retire and I can't. Yeah. This is, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and that's okay. And I think we should laugh at that. Even look, even the marketing around rise of Skywalker was the final Skywalker, you know, chapter here, right in the saga. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true from a certain point of view, but there in Anthony Daniels, remember saying like, well, this is last time it'll be three PO. No, it's not. And it don't, don't worry about it being that. And the fact that, you know, we now get a chance to see him pop up for, for, for a bit in, in Ahsoka. Um, that's wonderful. Or if he wants to voice some C3PO toothbrush, toothbrush commercial, go for it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. And, 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 you know, uh, Mark coming back to be involved with the, the creation of Luke Skywalker for Mando controversies aside, he was able to come back and, and do it. Like uh, that's, that's great. That's great. We should allow for that. And it, we should allow for the Frank Sinatra's of the world to say, all right, one more time again. <laughs> one more time. One more, once again. Um, so wrapping up our, our farewell to conversation, I, I think we've uh, uh, we have got to most of the, mm. the crucial points of Anthony's question. But maybe if the integrity of these tours has been ruined, let's focus on that. Ken, if you see a farewell tour, let, let's say maybe it's an artist that isn't that necessarily that up there in age, but you're a fan of um, is is a. Uh, is garbage still playing? <laughs> Are they still a band? I did. I saw them last year. They were they were spectacular. Thirty years on. Um, so if they announced a farewell tour, would you go? Oh, I gotta go. Or would yeah. you like Anthony's asking? Has the integrity of these tours? been ruined would you be like yeah i love you garbage but i don't believe you i'm not going to that no i i, I would definitely go because on the chance that it's true right uh you know mm-hmm. that that would be that would be the reason for it uh if they're deciding you know because again we all would love to call our own shots it sounds like sinatra called his shot perfectly but too early <laughs> too early mm-hmm. in the game um <laughs> No, I would. I understand it does undercut the the integrity a little bit maybe after the fact, right? If you're like – if I go to a show and it's the last time ever and I and I cry some tears because, wow, what a great time we got to see that and you feel the big emotion and then a, a year later they're like, uh, yeah, one more. Yeah, you're going to feel like, well, I, I just put it all – all the blood is on the tracks <laughs> and I can't do it again. And this comes up in wrestling a lot because pro wrestling is something that more people should quit but you can't. And I know it gets in your blood and, and it's something about it and that, you know, outside of he's, – he's not a, a, a wonderful person overall. I'll just acknowledge that and caveat that. But Ric Flair, one of the greatest all time in the ring, um, did get a chance to go out, did have this beautiful, beautiful ending which as it should in wrestling ends with a loss, but it's this beautiful emotional moment with Shawn Michaels in the ring. This is the, 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 I love you super kick moment. That a lot of people know from WrestleMania years ago, and this was the final match. And because of a lot of decisions in his life, because a lot of things who he, he came back too many times and it's hard to what you watch that moment. It's like, well, there's just, it's it, it, the integrity of it is lost. Uh, and okay. a lot, a lot of integrity with him is lost, but um, with a band, I don't know. I, I, I could feel that. I didn't feel, I mean, I, I laugh now about the kiss thing because it was so long mm-hmm. ago, <laughs> so long ago, but I can see where you absolutely would feel cheated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, here's my final question for you, Ken, for anything that you have actually, whether you've announced it publicly or mm-hmm. just told yourself, this is the last one. Has there been something where you said, 
this is it, goodbye, and you truly have not come back? And if so, was that a good feeling? Is that a good thing? I'm trying to think. I, I think I, I eventually got back to radio. I didn't know that was possible. I did. Um, no, I, you know, I, I, the only one that stuck is I, is, you know what's funny? The only one that stuck it's not one that I announced to myself because, again, no one's paying attention to me, especially back then. <laughs> but I, I have not returned to sketch comedy since my final show at the Groundlings in 2002. Uh, mm. And I, I have not – and I lived and breathed it and every everything was a sketch to me. You know, that's a sketch. Mm-hmm. That's a sketch. Oh, that interaction with the barista, that's a sketch. That was me and 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 I'd never returned to it. It, it was a scar that needed to, to heal and eventually did heal to a certain degree. Uh, but even then, uh, that was about 2014. I was back visiting the, the Groundlings often when my friend was on the Sunday company. I, I wasn't like, great, I'm going to go form a troop. So that's the only thing. But because I didn't announce it, I didn't like, I just, that was a natural thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you feel about it right now? Do you feel good about it? Uh, or, good. Like- yeah. Good. I, yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I, 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 the memories are more powerful than, than what it actually was to me. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think uh, there's a couple like specific shows, like not I'm not announcing. You know, I, I don't think I would ever announce that I'm done performing unless I, I literally physically couldn't. Right, right, right. Uh, have not been performing as much, but it's a huge part of of who I am in my life. But I've had specific shows or events. Like this is the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've mentioned it uh, uh, fairly often because uh, it was a big part of my life. Uh, my brother and I had this late night comedy variety show in Minneapolis called Look Mono Pants. It was a mm. Very rowdy, like the, the Muppet shows, uh, but naughty. Um, right. Uh, As it should. And <laughs> and the and the the we decided it, it was it was done. It was uh, it was very it was a it was a show for people in their twenties and you know maybe mid mid thirties. Some of our members were older. I was my brother was in his mid thirties. I was just turning thirty. And we're like it's it's time it's it's run its course um and we announced a final show and we i think we had you know 300 people in a in a theater with 200 seats and had people standing Mm. because it was that it was monthly so people came to it every month and it was people's traditions and people had made friendships and met you know partners and (laughs) broken up with partners you know in the course of this show it wasn't just about the show it was about the community yeah Um, yeah and i've told this story before this is this is the show where i i tried to go out with a bang by proposing to my girlfriend at the time Uh, it didn't work out uh but it's fun because my now wife sarah was in the audience um (laughs) a complicated thing but we went out <laughs> big because the show yeah. was big. And we went out big. This, I think the show was like three hours and it started at 1130. Jeez. We went out big. And there was a reviewer uh, in in uh, Twin Cities, a, a theater critic who who had championed us at, at times, but was also kind of infamous for being sharp. When he didn't like you, he was going to make a meal out of it mm-hmm. and, and and really make you feel it. And, and he wrote up a real nice thing about uh, about the final show and had a but they'll be back in five years. And there, that, that was like, all right, all right, buddy. All right, we'll see. <laughs> you can we'll force see. me to retirement. Yeah. We'll see you, buddy. Uh, and the, that, there's never been a reunion of that show. Um, I've performed with the many, many people in it, and I will again, and, and it'll always be a big part of my life. But it was a, a show that was that time of life. And yeah. it feels really good to have said, that was a then thing. Yeah. And capped it there and moved on, which is a different thing. I think if, if, you know, somebody, 
you know, if Kiss said, you know, we'll never do an acoustic show again, right, like that's right. a little bit easier to maintain. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. we will we'll never be holograms, I guess, is a challenge for yeah. them. Yeah. Era, but for me, that, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no I, please. Eras coming to an end makes a lot of sense to me as well. That's mm-hmm. that's the, and that and eras change for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes it is personalities and conflicts and and, and, and the documentary worthy backstage stuff. But yeah, like, like the era of the Schmoes, no, we'll, we'll never, never return. And mm-hmm. it, but it was wonderful for what it was, you know, it was absolutely wonderful. We just never got to say goodbye in a proper way, but like, but no one's fault. It was just, it just drifted away. <laughs> just That's a great example. If you got a call to do a, a farewell tour of Schmoes, no, would you do it? Or would you say that was then? There is some conversations to be had, but I, I think it, it, it wouldn't feel right because it's <laughs> such an era. It's an era thing. Yeah. yeah. I think if there is a Schmozno tour and it's called Cash Grab, I think you should do it. Well, I think I, yes, I do need cash to grab, <laughs> so yes. All right. All right. Before it gets too personal, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with another music question. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we are back here on Cues of the Other, a special episode of Music Center. We had a great question about farewell tours. Uh, it got a little personal, as it often does. Uh, we'll see how personal this next question gets. It comes to us from Michael McCarcel. Michael says, uh, you've all talked about your favorite musicians recently, but what are your favorite concerts that you've attended? For me, I have to say it was seeing Slipknot. They've been one of my favorites since around 2004 when wow. I was first getting into metal as a kid. I finally got to see them live in 2015 with some of my best friends. Thanks and take care, FC friends. Thank you, Michael. This is great. Uh, Ken, you and I have, uh, we've talked about um, some of our favorite concerts. We've uh, attended at least one concert together. Um, where do you go with Two. this? Do you have a list of favorites? Uh, I do. Well, I, it was a concert. Are we, are we saying there's a difference between concerts and shows here in this conversation? Ooh, I think, no, I, I don't, I don't feel good about doing, about right. separating them. Yeah. Because I, I, I know what you're, you're saying. Yeah. There's a technicality to it. Like I know what, mm -hmm. when you say you're going to a concert versus I saw a show, I know the difference. But to me, when you're talking about live music, emotionally, there's, there's not a lot of difference. There's the, the big big aspect of it versus the small and intimate. But yeah, okay. Just want to clarify. Because that, that, in that case, you and I, not, well, oh, God. Lady Gaga, Van William, and John Williams. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, we have attended a lot. And that is a fascinating distinction between like, yeah, I think it's a, it, a, a concert is a concert, whether it's in, you know, Dodgers Stadium or, you know, a little club that seats 30 people. To me, yeah. it's... It's you're 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 experiencing something artistic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And again, people would say, wow, but a concert. You're, you're right. But for the sake of this. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it has the same impact on me in my memories. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, do you want to share your uh, your you have you have two concerts? Is this easy or is this a challenge? Oh, no, I have I have 50. Um, it was a challenge because unlike, say, like a, a Star Wars ranked or a life ranked, like. You know, I, 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 I've been fortunate to not have a bad concert experience in my life. Mm. Uh, I, I've had some, there was one time I saw Oasis at the Hollywood Bowl. This is mid 2000s. And I was, wasn't as connected with like artistic folks in my life or, you know, uh, not that I divide those lines, but I was with some of my work buddies and we went to the concert and they just, they weren't huge Oasis fans. They just went with me because I, I got the tickets and, and, that was I was into it. They left. They were like, oh, we're gonna go out and smoke. We'll come back." And I was like there by myself. <laughs> mm. It's like so. It's like when you're there, I'd rather then just go alone. Um, 
I once, uh, I, I had a, 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 a lady in my life during my radio days. I was trying to, you know, hopefully get her more into my life. And she was a big fan of the Bare Naked Ladies, as was I at the time. And, and they're a good band. So I, I, uh, I got some tickets because, again, working on the radio, I got uh, the Bogmen, who had a, a great uh, hit in uh, the mid-90s suddenly. And Bare Naked Ladies, and halfway through the show, she saw some friends over there and she went, I'm going to go stand by them now. And I took in the rest of the show by myself. So other than those two experiences, I've had a great time, Joseph. So it's hard to choose. <laughs> very, very hard to choose. I understand. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple concerts that were maybe I have been like, I'll, I'll come with you, but I'm not is into this mm-hmm. band or whatever. Uh, but other than that, I have not generally been. I'm trying to go more because I want to see people while you have an opportunity to see them because you never know. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I have not generally had bad concert experiences either. So this is a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go first with one of your two or an honorable mention? Or um, uh, Yeah. Uh, first, I'm putting Lady Gaga in the Hall of Fame. Not even, You and I have spent a lot of time talking about it. So you, you can talk all you want. I'm going to put that one up there. Stones and Sofi, I just mentioned. So I'm going to put that up there. Um, uh, there was a uh, great show. I saw um, it was is again Oasis, but with Travis, and it was um, early two thousands, and Oasis was still packing a punch, but so was Travis, and, and they were on uh, they were in the biggest band of the world conversation for about a year or two, mm. and that was the concert I saw Travis Fran Healy, the lead singer, they did a cover of Britney Spears, "Oops, I Did It Again." And it, it rocked me to the core because until that moment, I had I'd learned a little bit of my lessons with the Spice Girls. But until that moment, if, if the music wasn't packaged for me, I felt it didn't belong. It had no mm. reason to exist, right? Which is, which is a horrible way to look at music because it's all so personal. It all comes from our own experiences. And yes, some can be a cash grab or highly packaged. And in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of the – Super package pop groups, totally get it. Valid conversation maybe for some, but but I was one of those uh, dumb Britney Spears fans. And Fran Healy goes, goes we're, we're going to sing this next song and we're going to dedicate it to people who like music because it's a damn good song. And they they went into, oops, I did it again. And I, about halfway through the song, I was like, I love I love this song. <laughs> why, why am I denying myself the, the joy of this song? And that was a great experience. It was a fun show from start to beginning. Start, that start is to, a really, start to really, finish, sorry, beginning. Day. Yeah, no, that's that's a really, really great one. Um, yeah, the, we, we were both lucky to see uh, Lady Gaga's uh, Chromatica Ball at, at Dodger Stadium, yeah. and that was an, a phenomenal concert and uh, definitely for me would have been uh, in the running, but it, it got uh, bumped by another Lady Gaga concert, so I'm not going to feel too too terribly guilty about it. Um uh, but that that's one of my best experiences uh, was uh, I know I talked about it a little bit on the show the the week after I went, uh, but going to Las Vegas uh, to see Lady Gaga's jazz and piano concert. Mm-hmm. Um, Dodger Stadium, obviously uh, a baseball stadium, huge, uh, yeah. an epic uh, art piece onto itself, as well as. Here I'm going to go onto this separate stage in the middle of the field and do my intimate piano songs with, you know, dazzling vocals. So even at the the giant Dodger Stadium show with costumes and a million dancers, she she still made it intimate because she's a, a great mm-hmm. performer that way. Uh, but there's a there's a contrast to what she was doing in the Vegas show. Mm-hmm. Ken, how many people does Dodger Stadium seat? Do you know? In the fifty six fifty seven thousand range. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so lots and lots of thousands uh, uh, versus the this 
many thousands. Uh, this uh, the stage in Vegas uh, sat five thousand people specifically, and Lady Gaga treated it like for her coming off of a tour full of Dodger stadiums. This was an intimate little backroom show. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was powerful for me about it is uh, obviously big fan of uh, Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and that whole Rat Pack era. And I've always wanted, you know, pined to have seen Vegas as it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to see a Vegas show knowing, eh, I'll just go to whatever because I want to say I've gone to a show in Vegas, but it's not going to be like these ones back in the day that exist in my imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw that Lady Gaga was doing this jazz and piano show where she was going to be doing songs like that and emulating that style of show in, you know, what is now an intimate venue for yeah. Vegas to have a 5,000 seat theater. So and it was it was pricey. And, and uh, when I first brought it up, my wife was like, we just saw her last year. And, mm-hmm. and I get mm-hmm. that she's going to be playing jazz standards and that will be cool or everything. But do we yeah. Vegas is expensive. This show is expensive. You want to sit even closer this time. <laughs> what is this? And, um, you know, in those moments where, where you know, a relationship is good it's because you, you can take try to take the time to understand why you want something and are able to explain it to a partner mm-hmm. and it for me it was like i didn't think i'd ever get this opportunity i didn't think i'd ever get to go to vegas and not just hear those songs but see that style of performance that's this mood that it's late at night uh yeah it's a modern day and some video is gonna leak out but it's more like I'm doing the stuff that I can't put on an album. Mm. I'm doing the stuff that only you in Vegas that are here at this show are going to experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in explaining it to my wife of like my connection to Rat Pack in Vegas and like, this is, this will be the best time I ever go to Vegas because I get to see this show. Uh, and yeah. she understood and we, we uh, yeah. pinched her pennies and made the money. And then the show was just fabulous. Um mm. A lot of times when when modern musicians cover uh, swing, big band, uh, Tin Pan Alley, it can be done in this sort of like, we're playing the beats and I, yeah. I sing a note real high and the horn goes goes real high and I maybe yeah. say some patter that Dean Martin used to and it feels fake. And a lot of people mm-hmm. hate it because it feels canned like a robot repeating something authentic. Yeah. And I knew that Gaga was was approaching it from I am going to make it my own. And it's exactly what the show was. She took the style of of that older performance, mm-hmm. remixed it. She ad-libbed where uh other performers would ad-lib but dropped F bombs, which you know, <laughs> they wouldn't have done. They said naughty jokes that they could not say on television uh back in the day. But she had parts where she talked about her own life. She's got a she does a, does a piano thing where she jokes about how many people did not understand the true meaning of poker face mm-hmm. um so it's not just her being like i'm doing that oldie time music in that oldie time way it was fresh and vibrant and authentic and real mm-hmm. and two great uh horn players you know trading off doing solos so for me it was it was what i want in art that's looking backwards at all of it is celebrating the past 
while absolutely making it personal, authentic, and in, in moving to the future. Because I love a lot of old things, and I don't want to live in a museum. And we mm-hmm. talk about this like Star Wars. Like, yeah. I want those I old core ideas. I want to see a lightsaber, but I want to see a lightsaber like I've never seen before, or like a lightsaber used in a way that only someone of mm-hmm. Gen Y would would relate to a lightsaber. So it's new. So you're not living in a museum. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was a perfect blend of old and new. And she had these little video essays about the heart of Vegas and the history and about Vegas is crass and class and it always has been, but maybe we could have a little bit more class. So here's kind of a classy jazz show. And then at the end, she's like, now go get wild in Vegas. <laughs> and like, it wasn't just a show. It was like yeah. a whole mood and send you off into the night. And my wife and I went and had a great night mm-hmm. drinking weird cocktails out of bird shaped glasses. And it was great. <laughs> great night. Great show. Uh, yeah. So glad you got to experience that. I, I, I really wanted to hit this leg of the tour uh, uh, or this, this leg of it. She's done it a few times. I know, but mm-hmm. and hopefully do it again. But but uh, yeah, everything you're saying is, is the reason to save up to experience that. And, and I love what you're talking about. That's the difference between a sketch about an old timey singer and a mm-hmm. performance pulling from the past and making it your own. I think that's, that's a great way, great way to look at it. Once. Yeah. Yeah. Really telling a story with a song is, yeah. is what made those performers mm-hmm. great. And, mm-hmm. and Gaga does a great, great job with that. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's uh, one of mine. Uh, yeah. What's, what's one of yours? So I want you know, I, I've seen, some checklist artists, you know, I, I got a chance to see David Bowie in, uh, uh, I always forget the date, but I think it was, I think it was, oh, it was oh four oh five range, which ended up being his final like big tour because of life and health and all those reasons, sadly. Um, so I did get to see that and that was, that was wonderful. And I saw the Mark Ellis and I and, and another comedian, Tom Rhodes, went and saw the Stones, Rolling Stones at SoFi mm. Stadium, which SoFi Stadium is amazing. It, it, it's just Giant stadium. You, we, we walked in and I was like, this is what it feels to be like on a Star Destroyer. It's like, it's just its own creation. <laughs> and we saw the Stones there. And those are two wonderful. The, the Stones concert was amazing. They Not only can they still bring it, just everyone around, it's generations of shared uh, appreciation and joint love for this band. So that was great. But I want to uh, mention those two big ones to sneak them into the conversation. But mm-hmm. highlight why I like going to shows. And there was a show I saw a couple, about a year ago now at, at a place locally here in town called the Moroccan Lounge near downtown L.A. Uh, band Living More uh, was uh, headlining great uh, L.A.-based band. They had a great radio single called Sharp. Uh, check it out. It's They're wonderful. Uh, Dream Space is Kath Myers, who is a singer-songwriter who I absolutely just love. I saw her this past year, too. Uh, she can rock as well. There's a band on the show that it, it was like their first or second performance called Child Seat. Josiah Masachi and Madeline Matthews, uh, who've come from other projects. And you got Bowie and the Stones, and that's where we all want to go. And it's hard. You can't break artists like you used to. It's not. The system's been destroyed. It, mm-hmm. It's hard to, to get to that. But this band blew me away because Child Seat was on stage in front of 100 people squishing in the Moroccan lounge. Um, and they were playing like we know we're as good as that point in our timeline. We're playing 15 years ahead. We're such mm. a, they were such a confident band. They got a great pop rock style that's got some 80s retro mixed in it. It's got a little cheap trick in there. It's got, it's got a lot. It's got a lot of stuff and some 90s sensibilities. I could throw all the rock and roll journalist buzzwords at you. But, <laughs> but Madeline Matthews is a rock star on stage singing and performing in a way, in a confident way that, that says we, we, we are here now and we're going to be here down the line. So either get on now or get on later. 
And 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 it, it was just because either way, you're going to get on the train. And I mm-hmm. love that band, Child Seat. I can't wait to see him again live. I had some close calls uh, trying to get out to see him. Couldn't. Um, and again, I don't know if bands will ever be, you know, unless you go viral. In fact, Madeline Matthews, actually, the lead singer actually did a TikTok video tr- trying to go viral. Like, how do we go viral on TikTok? Like, it was this funny little sketch because <laughs> that's how bands break these days. And that's just mm-hmm. the reality of it. Um, but that was a fun experience. That's why I want to include that, that I know concert versus show. This was a mm-hmm. show performed as if it was a concert. In, in their mind, mm. thousands of people were watching when there was really only 100. Yeah, that's so great. That, that is extremely powerful, and I, I really relate to that. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I, I'm all, I got two more, and one of them is that intimate intimate show mm-hmm. uh, like that. So I'll, I'll I'll save that for last. But um, I, I have to um, celebrate old Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah, uh, meant a lot to me as a kid. Um, I bought appetite for destruction on my 14th birthday and i fully intended to get the vinyl but then i realized the cassette would be easier to hide from my parents it's been a long road with old guns and roses (laughs) and yeah there's some of their songs and lyrics that i do not support um and there's there's some of their songs uh, one that's dropped from their catalog that they don't uh support anymore um so hey caveats um but but now they've man they've turned into a marketing machine there's a I, I got a storybook for kids that they that Axel co-wrote uh, called "Sweet Child of Mine," <laughs> and they they sell uh, you know baby jumpers uh, like from from having to hide the music from my parents to they sell baby jumpers on the internet and I see families <laughs> at every concert I go to. It's, it's uh, the world. The world's a fascinating place. Mm-hmm. Lucky to see them. Um, Technically four times. I saw them once when it was Axel with all, all of the not original people. Uh, I saw them at Dodger Stadium, which was uh, fabulous. Um, I saw them at the Forum, which was almost great, but a guy kept jumping up in front of my section to dance and blocking the view. It was maddening. Um, uh, that Yeah, I won't go into that. Anyway, uh, so then uh, I got to see them at Hollywood Bowl uh, just uh, uh, just recently. And they were uh, absolutely fabulous at the Hollywood Bowl. Joseph, that's a great story about Guns N' Roses. And I was there for all of it. Um, but <laughs> some of you, we're, we're, we're doing video as well as podcasting. This has happened on the podcast before where some reason or another, technical, uh, we drop out and we do an edit. And it sounds like we've been there the whole time. But it, on video, it's harder to hide the fact that I just disappeared from the broadcast. Uh, <laughs> so we're trying. But uh, you, I loved hearing your stories about Guns N' Roses. I didn't hear uh, nearly enough stories about Buckethead, but he was at least acknowledged in spirit. Um <laughs> So we're back. I'm here. Yes. And it was wonderful. Yes. And you, you, uh, I was uh, setting up my Guns N' Roses story and you, you really disappeared just as I was about to start. So it made me feel as though you have finally heard enough about Guns N' Roses, <laughs> which I will take as no. a cue from the universe and no. keep it short. Point, point being, I, I loved when you were talking about either be, ending up at concerts alone or maybe you'd rather just go alone. Uh, I went to see them at Hollywood Bowl. I'd already seen them uh, a couple times, but I went to Hollywood Bowl because if anybody who has had the the opportunity to attend Hollywood Bowl, it's amazing because it is a world-famous venue. It's a great concert venue. But for people who, who are lucky enough to live here and want to live here in the Los Angeles area, it is also just like you're going down to the bandstand at the park in the summer to hear who's playing. It's a community mm. thing. It's a neighborhood yeah. thing as well as a world 
renowned institution. Yeah, so it's like, true. I got to experience the hometown Hollywood, bo- Hollywood boys uh, and, and Melissa Reese, uh, the, mm. the keyboardist yeah. uh, at the, uh, the hometown venue of Hollywood bowl. It's wonderful. But, but Sarah couldn't come and it was too close uh, to invite anybody else. And I didn't know if I had anybody who would be the right person to go with me. So I was like, screw it. I'm going alone to see Guns N' Roses. And not only was the, the concert uh, great, it was great to see them up close. They were so excited about being at Hollywood Bowl for the first time. They always localize uh, when they're doing Welcome to the Jungle. And, and uh, the line of, I want to hear you scream, they always localize it. It'll be Cleveland, I want to hear you scream. Or, you know, Sophia, Bulgaria, I want to hear you <laughs> scream. But Axel really putting his back to it of like, of Hollywood, not Los Angeles, Hollywood, I want to hear you scream. So that was great. But then just because I was there alone and I'd seen him a couple times and sometimes I'd been like, I'm going to be like an art critic and I'm going to watch all their fun videos and I'm going to think about the themes of Guns N' Roses. I was like, dude, you're going to a concert. <laughs> People are going to do wild bullshit yeah. around you. Yeah. You're there to dance, have a few beers. If you need to run to the bathroom, fine. People are going to talk to you during your favorite drum fills. Relax. Do it, man. It's do a it. concert. It's to be experienced. Yeah. And I went in with that headset and just enjoyed the heck out of it. I I, I think I ended up on uh, an influencer's video dancing with her for Civil War. There's an extremely <laughs> drunk 50-year-old couple making out next to me for half of it. Uh, he insisted on buying me a beer and left and never, ever came back. <laughs> I think they got caught trying to have sex in the Hollywood Bowl bathroom and got kicked out. Kicked out. The music was great. The memories were great, but it was great a great concert for me because I just said, it's an experience. It's not pristine. It's rough and ready. Yeah. And and that that's the experience, and that's the spirit of that show. And I loved it for that. Now, I did drop out. You're talking about the John Williams of the Hollywood Bowl? It's just, exactly. It's the John, just, John, you remember when John Williams did the Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle? Yeah, I did. No, no, that's wonderful. No, and it's a great way to, you know, rock the spirit of rock and roll. Might have started young, but it uh, it changes and grows with us. And you can still carry mm-hmm. that youthful, youthful energy mm-hmm. forward until you get caught yeah. and kicked out. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear about your uh, next concert and see if I suddenly disappear. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just, I talked a lot recently about seeing Liz Fair at, uh, the Wiltern, uh, 30 year anniversary. Speaking of anniversaries, we've been talking about that this week with Phantom Menace and all that stuff. Uh, that, that was a special experience too. Cause I was, I was luckily in the back row with our friend Darina, Frank, the editor and Brian Tiller. And I, so I got up and danced a couple times, but knowing that I wasn't blocking anyone, uh, that's the only way I would do it, but it was fun. And I talked about it on the show, a highlighter here. It, it was, it was, um, it wasn't just simple nostalgia. There was some nostalgia baked in. It's a 30-year anniversary of a very important album, Exile in Guyville. But it was, uh, hey, let's all meet up again in 30 years and really kind of share the stories about, hey, this is where we were then. This is where we are now. And all the hell and joys and successes and failures in between. And you felt that. And Liz felt that. And, and the fans were there. And uh, Dave Perner from Soul Asylum did a walk on it. He actually mm. was hanging out in the, right next to us for a while. It, it, it was it was amazing, and it wasn't just simply, you know, hey man, we're going back to the '90s, and this. It, it, it was about the journey uh, that began then and is now here, and and that that was something special. And and uh, you know, you I was driving there, I was listening to the album um, in my car, and it's just like I was hearing it again for the first time, type of vibe. Where it's like I remember the moment, I remember what this meant to me, and, and here I am now, right? And and uh, mm-hmm. 
and and that was the spirit, and that was, that was really fun. And and Wil- the Wiltern is such a great historic venue here in L.A., but it's it's not giant, right? It's not giant, and exactly what you're describing, the Hollywood Bowl has that. Hey, let's go get let's have some wine and a picnic and go see a great show of all kinds. Um, you know, there's a lounge downstairs. There's bar. There's there's people who like weren't even going in to watch the opening act, which does mm. drive me crazy. Blonde show was performing. She's great, but it's a but but the but the vibe is there. Just we're all here hanging out, and and Liz happens to be here playing uh, an album that changed uh, uh, the music industry. It really, really did uh, in 1993, and and that was that was part of the vibe as well. Yeah, no, that's a, that is a great one. And you were able to enjoy it as a concert and also kind of reflect on your own emotional journey via Liz Fair, right? With each song. And he, and she didn't do a lot of banter in, in the middle, but she, she's very poignant. Her, her her book, Horror Stories, which is the first memoir she's done, I think she's got another one coming out, um, is like this too, where it's very, she's a very good storyteller, very good writer. And just gets to the point of things. And, and, and she had a little speech prepared, a little memorized thing about, you know, mm. the journey and how y- y- you just want to get here. But when you get here, you're, and I'm paraphrasing, you look back and like that's what made you and who you were then is what started, you know, starts this journey. Out. Anyways, it, it's all um, it's all it was all pretty poignant. But in the meantime, I'm also drinking and dancing like a fool. It hurt my back. I couldn't stand for like four days after the show, which is also <laughs> to me the sign of a good show, but also the sign that, that maybe it should be your farewell tour. <laughs> Yes, that's 30 years have gone by. Yeah, I felt that in the, the Guns N' Roses show too, and I think it is, but it's not just about hearing you know great music or seeing like how do they do this song differently live. Mm-hmm. It is about that that kind of uh, that time travel via art. And yeah. Yeah, there's some songs that like, this makes me smell my my basement that I lived in. I listened to this song and tried to you know lift weights yeah. you know in between eighth and ninth grade so I could you know look cooler yeah. uh, like. But but then uh, up to like they just released a, a new song that happened to, to drop on my birthday, mm. um, and I really like that song. And unlike the stereotype, wanted to, like I hope they play the new songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like I got up and sang along to the the newest new song because I was thrilled to hear it, and a lot of people around me left. <laughs> <laughs> They were gone. And it's funny because the the, the, yeah. the song has a repeated lyric: "You're all alone now," and it was like. I don't care. I'm going to be defiant and stand here pretty much alone in my row because everyone went to the bathroom yeah. to get a new beer during yeah. their newest song and sing You're All Alone Now. I'm like that, Emotional journey at concert. That, that, there's something in that when you talk, when you describe and, and talking about with, with, with you're invested in an artist, no matter how big they are, you know, Rolling Stones, little blues cover band that did all right for themselves, right? Uh, <laughs> you're there for the journey. And that, the Stones at SoFi and, and this, I don't even know what it seats, 75,000 plus, I don't know. It, that could be horribly impersonal, but it wasn't. Everyone mm-hmm. there was invested with them, and some had been on that ride with that band since the 60s. And mm-hmm. I've been on the, you know, Liz Fair is a very, though she's well known in some circles, she's also not. And, and it's, so it's like the people in attendance, we've been on this journey with her. We feel as though you're a pal, you know, and that the parasocial mm-hmm. relationship certainly can be dangerous. But no matter how big, if that energy is there, it's just another chapter in the story of, of your relationship with that music and that artist. Uh, so it's stones in front of 75,000 or, or, you know, child seat in front of a hundred. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Do you have any, uh, any other concerts you wanted to shout out? Uh, look, I could go on and on and on and remember some, I'm not even remembering right now. They'll pop up, but yeah, yeah. it's a great question. Um, and I'm blessed to say that uh, I haven't had a ton of bad experiences. No one dancing in front of me yet. 
<laughs> yeah, and I look forward to uh, having more. I want to shout out just a, a quickly an intimate, uh, much smaller experience than uh, Dodger Stadium or SoFi or even Hollywood Bowl. Um, there is a performer named Elvez, which I think you've probably heard of Elvez. Yeah, uh, the Mexican Elvis is the way he bills himself. Uh, yeah. He's been uh, doing shows for years and years and years. Uh, back in the year 1998, when I worked at uh, Kinko's, now FedEx office, Kinko's in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. It was, a, it was it's very close to the, uh, the um, club First Avenue, which anybody who likes Prince or music from Minneapolis knows First Avenue. Um, they used to come into Kinko's to get all of their flyers made. And uh, they, if they liked you, they would give you tickets if they could. Physical mm-hmm. tickets. They would hand you physical tickets, not put you on a list for shows to yeah. the Kinko's workers. So I was hanging out with a lot of people at, at Kinko's. Other workers were way hipper than me and knew all the cool new bands and knew what to ask for and would get these tickets and uh, physical sparkly tickets. Yes. Uh, like Look like Willy Wonka, you know, yes. chocolate tickets. Um, and I was, and I just kind of fell out of it and shy. And then I was uh, trying to, um, to date a, a woman, uh, a dancer named Sarah, but not my wife, Sarah, who is a dancer, <laughs> different dancer named Sarah. I guess I have a type, um, told me that she really liked this Alves. And I realized he's going to be at first Avenue. And I remember being like, uh, he- he- hello, I can help you with your copies. Mr. First Avenue. Could I, could I have some Alves tickets? Uh, and was so proud of myself because it was such an adult thing of like, I'm going to get tickets to a rock concert to impress a lady. Um, so I I'd got the tickets and then it ended up that uh, her cats were sick that night. Oh. And instead of going to the concert, she wanted help uh, uh, giving her cats pills. <laughs> so Skip Delvez, we had a great night. The relationship didn't go well, <laughs> but it was a great night. And so Elvez has lived large in my memory for years of the concert I almost saw. Recently, uh, you know, I have some friends who, who, uh, who work with him, uh, who know him. Uh, I, I got to see a, a mini Elvez concert in a tiny venue. And it was worth the 20 plus years wait. Wait, just a, a fabulous performer. He is playing the joke of this is loud, fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is kind of Elvis, but not really. And this was holiday themed, but just an expert, consummate performer. The band was in, incredibly tight. There was nothing to worry about of the music, but the way he performed it was this great comedy way of like, at any moment, everything could fall apart. And it gave it this great energy. He, he had a bit where loud, fast, swinging uh, Christmas music. He's joking with the audience. And then he just yells out, pretend I'm ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> and does these yes. dance moves pretending yeah. to ice skate and like that is perfection to me mm-hmm. when when the music is so tight that you can be wild and make the audience feel like everything's going to fall apart any second but it's not because you know exactly what you're doing that's Elvis. that was amazing uh, I remember first hearing him in the mid-90s. My friend was obsessed with the fact that there was someone going around performing as Elvez. He used to mention it every week. I love that. I love that. <laughs> great reference. Great, great uh, experience. So there you go. There's our, some of our concert experiences. 
Uh, we are going to wrap up. Ken, uh, you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. Thanks for listening here. Thanks for going down these musical journeys and adventures and memories with us. You can find us on Twitter and threads at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe over on YouTube. And you can hear us on uh, uh, Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Follow me at Ken. Napsock or go to KenNapsock.com for more information. It is the new year and new things will be happening, but you can go visit uh, some of the things I uh, did this year. Comedy albums, music albums, and more. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the various social media. At Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle everywhere. Uh, hopefully have some more news about short films and film festivals coming up this year, 2024. You can also check out my old comedy albums on my website by going to josephscrimshaw.com. So please do that. We are excited to tackle many more questions of all kinds in this coming year, this new year of 2024. But for now, we have Aid the Cube. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.